Happy Friday to all of you out there. Today is July the 23rd, 2021, and this is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank Huerta, and I am joined by this beautiful specimen of a human being, Alex Kenzie. What's up, man? Decided to wear sleeves today. Change it up a little bit. A little disappointed. <laughs> a little less excited. In um, all ways that count. I uh, know. Today was a good day, though, Frank. I finally, after seven months have secured my very own playstation 5 wow was not an easy feat um the internet has been abound with um for lack of a better word motherfuckers that uh (laughs) they set up bots basically and as soon as well first of all these have been super super limited uh they were in super high demand when they came out on top of the fact that now there's like a huge global chip shortage and shipping delays like crazy. So it, it's been impossible to get these since they came out in November. But people, as I stated before, these motherfuckers uh, set up bots that as soon as it goes on sale, it tracks probably like 15 different websites. And as soon as that link is clickable for sale, it already has a profile set up. It clicks for the user and they secure one themselves. Then these people turn around and sell what is a $500 console for anywhere ranging from like 750 to $1,500. So it is, it's just been so hard. I've been, I subscribe to like seven different Twitter pages, a couple different websites. I'm checking every day. As soon as they go up, they have a bot set up to text me that they're available. And then you just, it's, you know, best of luck. So after seven months of that, it finally happened today. And I, <laughs> it sounds so nerdy, dude, but it brought me so much joy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like I won the lottery. Tales from the one percent, <laughs> yeah, right. Alex Kenzie. Any any other grievances that you'd like to air that nobody can relate to? I do actually. Yeah. How come there is no? You know how you can buy cold brew coffee at the grocery store? There is no decaffeinated option anywhere. They're all caffeinated. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of a cold brew? Well, for Sarah, she loves like a cold, like an iced coffee, but you can't find it in decaf. Mm. You know, so it's. It's, it is definitely a first world problem that we are dealing with. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You hit the nail on the head. Um, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the very last of the Cleveland Indians. I'm wearing my Frankie is my Shiro, hero shirt uh, yes. in, order, in honor of the Cleveland Indians, who will be no more. Uh, they came out with their new name today, the Cleveland Guardians. What do you think about that? Go Guardians. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, on one hand, I guess it was necessary. I guess. I don't know. You know, in these issues, and I don't know much about it, but just from, like, a from my perspective and the way I've been able to see it, it seems as though non-natives are the ones who are most outraged over it or the ones that are most trying to get... This kind of stuff changed. It may be super offensive to everybody, right? Like, yeah. if you were to put, like, if you were to have a team called the Blackies and you had a black person right on, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, being in, from San Diego and having lost a football team from here, I think this is almost worse than mm. losing a team because you've lost your team, but they're still there. Right. And right. so now you have to, like, like go guardians i guess you know i don't know mm-hmm. they're, they're still cleveland at the end of the day but um yeah yeah well, 
I hope it works out. I, I don't know. I think they just chose something that was as close to the Indians as possible without it being like a big cluster of a name. Yeah. Um, I think you hit it on the head there, though. I think um, the people that were outraged were non, you know, Native Americans. Uh, I was just listening to yesterday. I was listening to the newest Rogan podcast with Shane Gillis on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that guy. Are you familiar with him at all? Oh, yeah. So he, he basically got canceled for throwing uh, the word retard around and, and saying a couple other things. But Really? He got canceled for saying retard? He had a podcast, and, and yeah, he was like kind of making fun of it and just kind of throwing the word around and saying some other things that were like offensive in a free country with free speech. But like he then got a job at uh, Saturday, Saturday Night Live and got fired like four days later because people went and dug it up on the line and this guy how could nbc hire a guy like this blah 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 and and Mm -hmm. so he got canceled got fired kind of got screwed now he's bouncing back he's got his own shorts and and he's he's absolutely hilarious he's got his own podcast as well um definitely recommend if you've never heard of shane gillis to check him out he's got some really really funny stuff uh, a short called tires on youtube which is hilarious should definitely have been made a show Uh, but anyway he was saying that when it was all happening, it wasn't when he was getting canceled. He was like one of these first comedians to get canceled for what he was saying. This happened years ago. He didn't feel like it was many people that were actually like mentally handicapped that were attacking him or, or, wow. or like upset. It was just all these super woke people that like feel like they need to step in and like shut this down. We need to, you know, protect society and change the world one tweet at a time or whatever the fuck and and he was he was just like you don't understand that you're like destroying someone's life at that point he's like i said something offhand on a podcast as a joke first of all like in context it was a joke it made more sense it wasn't like he was trying to like attack mentally handicapped people but it's like you take you go online people clip a 30 second clip of what he said and it's like oh my god this dude's an, an animal you know what i mean and so he was yeah, basically loud, just saying the loud the voices thing. of uh, very few. Yeah. It's always what it is. It's always what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's just really, really loud minority. Um, and of course, no. Okay. I guess in the context of you of the word retard or be retarded, you are taking a group of people with a handicap, and you're you're taking that category and you're applying it to somebody else's insult. Therefore, right. you're reducing these people down to an insult. But and. Like, yeah, in, in and of itself, that is that is offensive. But in the history of people using the word retard or using retarded as an insult, nobody is aiming to insult those who are actually retarded. Ever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a hard word. It it's is. the same thing with, like, the word, like, <laughs> maybe I'll get us canceled for saying this, but when you say, like, faggot and, like, Louis C.K. has a joke about this, it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's, like, we're not saying that word was never used when we were growing up as, like, fuck gay people blah 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 like it is it is offensive to them and i can understand that and i try to not use it that often but it's like it's not being said in that way in a hurtful way most of the time you know never it's it's i mean and and like i get why you would want to eradicate these terms from society because it is taking somebody's you know whoever whoever whatever community or whatever group of people that you're talking about whatever word that is associated with them and you're reducing that down to an insult and you're using it in a different context, well, then you've taken it completely out of context and 
you, you know, yeah, I get why you would want to remove that from society. But if you, I mean, if you look at it objectively, anybody who's reasonable and that can take a joke, I'm like, obviously this person is not homophobic and they're not using homophobic slurs to pursue an agenda against homosexuals. Yeah. It's just your friend did something really stupid and you called him a fag. (laughs) That bit is my favorite bit ever. By Louis, yeah. It's oh my hilarious. god, it's my it's because it, it it encapsulates how we use these words. I mean, it, he uses that word in that bit, but it, you could literally apply it to any other word, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I don't know if you ever never heard it, you should look it up. It's it's really truly just a a brilliant uh, use of words. It is. Um, but all of that aside, you land on Guardians of all the names you could pick. It's the Cleveland Guardians, really? Yeah, I, I don't know much. <laughs> about Cleveland history, but I guess they're guarding um, Lake Erie, man. Lakes, so, lakes yeah. on fire and uh, <laughs> poor economic performance and trees. But, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it has to do with the city. Um, definitely could have been. So like, like now now I'm, I'm curious to see what super unclever name Washington football team decides to come up with, right? Honestly, that's name. a better name to me, though, than the Guardians. Like, I mean, football team. We can't offend anyone. We know we can keep this name forever. So, like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they 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 caved, and I don't know. I I heard something like Red Hawks. Oh, being really? Thrown around. That's like the oh, Atlanta no. Falcons. Though. That's too close. That's exactly who they are. They are the Red Hawks, <laughs> by a different name. Um, but yeah. Uh, so so ends the uh, era of the Cleveland Indians. Can't yes. even say go tribe now. Yeah, right. Go Guardians. Go G's. I guess Indians is offensive too. I, I could see, Redskins that felt a little bit offensive. Like a little yeah. bit. You know well, what I'm saying? Sure. Like that one that was I can see that. It would be it's exactly the same as if you had like a stereotypical picture of a black person and you were named the Darkies or if you right. had like a guy with a sombrero and you were the Beaners. But, like, where does it end? Like, are we going to change the name of Indian in the cupboard to the Washington football team in the cupboard? Or, like, what? Like, what is, like, there's there's references to it through a lot of history. So it's like, are, are we going to, like, white, not whitewash, but, like, rewrite all these names just to, like, make the, yeah, the woke I don't people know. happy? It, 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 I would love to hear more from those whom it, it actually affects. Because I feel like I haven't heard from anybody. Right. I, like it's all it's all been and that's usually how it is right it's all like super progressive usually very well-off white people who are f- feeling like they need to be the defenders of other quote-unquote disenfranchised people it's like nah, i don't need you for that I, yeah. I actually don't care for you at all i would really love to hear from uh, other people and what they actually feel because at the end of the day that's important you know like like when you okay perfect example the word latinx right Mm -hmm. because spanish is a very gendered language you have you have uh feminine and masculine words that's just what you have and in order to be more inclusive the word latinx was created because it's not latino is not latina it's inclusive for everybody you find me one mexican person one Latino person who's like, yeah, 
I'm on board with this. I don't give a fuck. It's part of who they are. Being Latino or Latina is part of who you are. It's not like a, it's not like a, like a thing that you could change. It's not, you know, we went over that story with, with France and how they decided that they were not going to change, um, was it gendered language or, or they weren't going to change the foundation of their language. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, like, like, let me hear from the people who it actually affects because you telling me who it affects, that doesn't do anything for me or anybody, especially the people who you claim that you're trying to help. So having the name Indians and the mascot being a red faced man with feathers, yeah, it's it's insulting for sure because it's, it's a caricature. It's a stereotype. And who knows, maybe it was implemented back in the day with good intentions, right? Like, okay, great example of this. I'm getting on a rant here. I promise I'll stop in a second, but, um, blackface, Mm -hmm. everybody right now, if you saw somebody go out on blackface, you would get entirely outraged because to us, it's a very insulting, um, caricature of what black people are. And it represents the fact that black people weren't able to be in show business back in the day, but when minstrels back in the day were very popular, blackface was a very progressive thing. It was a way for people who were allied with, with uh, civil rights to show their support for black people and have them represented knowing that they couldn't represent themselves. It was a very progressive thing when it first came out. It was 100% hmm. to show solidarity with wow. black folks. Never knew it that. Has, it has morphed into something incredibly offensive because now we are able to take the however many decades of history that we have in our head and apply it to what we see like oh you can't do that but like your interpretation of where the origins of this thing are you know they might be wrong and and uh i don't know it i don't know that for a fact here with the with the indians i don't know if it was just a short-sighted thing and you know i think the easy thing to do is to think that there was a bunch of racist white uh owners who could care less of what they named their team and they decided to name it something that you know resonated or was popular with people because you know maybe indians were popular back then i don't know i'm i'm purely speculating but chances are what we think of the origins for these things eh, is probably not true because we don't know what the hell was going on back in the day indian the indians are old i think they date to like the early 1900s well, and there was a big there is a big population of Native Americans in Ohio, like in that region. So that's oh, yeah. it was like a credit to them, and and it could be. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Why they named them the Cleveland Indians? Because there's like the Snake Valley mounds that go all through Ohio, and they're like burial ground. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think that like the Redskins, the Indians, like these teams were all like huge donors to Native American groups all across the country. Like as like a thank you for letting us represent you kind of a thing. So I'm curious, like, do you think that ends now with the Cleveland Guardians? Um, maybe. I mean, it certainly opens a path, right? Like, you don't have any affiliation towards, I mean, I don't know, maybe the roots of your organization allow you to continue that relationship. I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, here we are. They mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's things that go on like this throughout human history and, um, what I'm about to present to you guys right now may be the very worst story I've ever read in my life. Um, and it came out in the New Yorker a couple of days ago. And this story is about how Germany um, allowed for 
an experiment that placed orphan children with pedophiles in a foster care system. And this was, a, this was a, an experiment that was presented to the German Senate and uh, approved. And I think when I explain that, when I, when, I, when I say those words, the first things that come to our mind are the Nazis, right? Um, sure, yeah. It, it kind of falls in line with the real sick, sadistic, twisted things that they did, right? Because they did do a lot of experiments on humans. And um, n- not to equate pedophilia with homosexuality, it, it, and, and in this article, there, there are definitely some parallels, but um, the Nazis were super, super, super homosexual. It was a very widespread thing. Um, a lot of outcasts, because back at that time, you know, homosexuality was, was a taboo. So all these people who they kind of, these homosexual people found a home with Nazis. They were able to be who they were, right? But I'm not talking about Nazis. Matter of fact, I'm talking about a generation past Nazis. This experiment that put children in the care of pedophiles was actually started in a response to what happened in Nazi Germany as a way to eradicate Nazism and anything that had to do with Nazism from society for good. You see, the people who were behind this experiment thought that because of the very rigid right-wing faction of being a Nazi, it created sexual suppression within these people. The reason that Nazis were Nazis was because they were suppressed sexually. And so there was this idea, this prevailing thought um, that when you are suppressed sexually in the way that Nazis did, and, and it's self-imposed suppression, right? It was, they believed for their own good um, that the only outlet for that suppression is destruction. That is what led to Auschwitz. Um, and, you know, they draw on a couple of different things. There's this book uh, uh, called Male Fantasies, and it draws on uh, the diaries of some, some German uh, soldiers. And it concluded that their, their, inhibited, their inhibited drives, their sexual drives, um, a- along with like, a, you know, uh, the, the promotion of masculinity that, you know, y- you aren't to be involved in anything gushy or gooey or anything lovey-dovey, anything like that. Um, it just, it's channeled into an, new, an outlet, right? And that only outlet was destruction. And then you get what you get in Auschwitz, right? You, you, you get the worst atrocities that Germany has ever known. So we'll start at the beginning here. And there was a, um, I guess he was a psychologist and uh, his name was Helmut Kentler, right? He's, he's a professor. Hell of a first name. Right, Helmut, H-E-L-M-U-T, Helmut, Helmut Kintler. Um, and he was a sexo- sexologist in Germany, and he was widely regarded as the authority on sex in Germany. And this New Yorker story follows uh, a gentleman by the name of Marco, who was brought up in this experiment, right? He was a kid 
came from poor background. His dad more or less abandoned the family. His mom wasn't wealthy, well off at all. And he came into the hands of the like German social services, right? This guy, Kettler, was very influential in the social services. And because he was so respected, his ideas were never really thought of as obscure. They were thought of as groundbreaking, if you will, right? So his main idea, his big main idea was that children should not be suppressed sexually. They should be able to do and experiment with anything and anybody sexually that they felt. He he believed that the curiosity, natural curiosity of a child, especially sexually, was a good thing and that it shouldn't be suppressed or controlled. Rather, it should be, um, for lack of a better word, exploited. It should be uh, something that they're able to explore uh, without borders. They should be able to explore it openly and freely. Um, and, uh, you know, inevitably with other adults. He, this guy Kettler, literally believed that there was space in society for an open relationship between adults and children, given that the relationship was not forced. Okay? That is wild. That, that's okay. crazy. This, yeah. More than it being wild, this theory was put into an experiment that was approved by the German government. And this is post-World War II. This is after the Nazis have fallen. This is new Western Germany, right? And I can understand the goal of wanting to eradicate your history, given that your history is Nazi Germany, at least your, your recent history, right? You want to rid um, Germany out of this stigma that is World War II and Nazi Germany. And this one guy felt like he found the answer based off of a lot of anecdotal, anecdotal evidence regarding sexual suppression within German soldiers. I'm even willing to hear the case that if you were um, brought up in Nazi Germany and you were raised with a very emotionless childhood, that you would be more willing and more adept to performing the, the, the horrific acts of the Holocaust, right? You would be able to take part in that because you've been yeah. raised from early age to not feel anything. And even in this, this article, they talk about that. They talk about how... Um, the growing up in pre-World War II Germany, post-World War I Germany was a very rough time, very hard, cold time. You were, you were like iron sharpened iron kind of thing, right? And if you happen to have the great misfortune of being raised by an ex-World War I soldier, you were subject to a very uh, emotionless upbringing. There wasn't a lot of happiness, particularly with your father. So this guy, Kentler, um, it, it takes, takes us all the way back to his childhood. And in his childhood, they talk about, um, they talk about how 
during Kristallnacht, um, which is the night of broken glass when the Nazis came and they raided a bunch of Jewish businesses. They rounded up a bunch of Jewish people and sent them off the concentration camp. More or less is the beginning of the Holocaust, or at least the event that the catalyst that sparked it. Right. And he talks about, um, how his dad was on the phone with some German officials he was part, his dad was part of the, 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 the Nazi, uh, army. He was part of the army in Nazi Germany. And he got off the phone and told his wife that they were coming for the Jews. And mere moments later, a Jewish family knocked on their door and they said, Hey, we need help. They're coming to get us. Can you please hold us for the night? And his dad basically said, no, I can't do that here and close the door on him. And this guy, Kendler remembers seeing his dad in like his pajama shirt with no, like a pajama shirt that went down to like mid thigh. And all he saw was like his thin naked legs. And he said in that moment, um, like my dad fell apart and he became laughable to me. And at that, and from that moment on, he was never able to respect his father ever again, never obeyed his orders. He just, as a person, he wasn't, Respected. So this guy, Kentler, was from an early age um, subject to trauma that allowed him to hate what it meant to be a Nazi. And it was deep rooted because it was his dad. Right. So that's where this guy is coming from. Also, he was gay. And in post World War Two Germany, homopho- or, or homosexuality was outlawed because it was so rampant in Nazis that they just said, hey, we're doing away with this altogether. It is illegal to be gay in Germany. And so that was a law. So this, this guy, Kettler, was by really no fault of his own, suppressed sexually because he was gay. He was not able to, um, he was not able to explore his sexuality. Anyways, back to the story. In the late 60s, this guy's experiment began to start. So educators in more than 30 German cities and towns began establishing experimental daycare centers where children were encouraged to be naked and explore one another's bodies. Okay. They were trying to remake German slash human nature. I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, um, like, like I can't think of it right now, but like a hundred, like 180 degrees in the other direction of crazy is just, it's still crazy. It's just in a different direction. Sure. If that makes sense to you. So mm-hmm. like these guys are like not trying to right the wrongs of Nazi Germany. They are literally trying to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction and sprint because they feel like the only way to not become Nazis anymore is to do the exact opposite. And right crazy in 180 degrees is still crazy. It's just in a different direction, right? So they begin this experiment and this guy, Marco, um, is sent to a house where he's, um, molested all the time, all the time, every night. The idea behind it is that like the kids would go to the houses and then like over time be seduced by the adults or just like forced to have sex with them. No, the idea is that the kids will have sexual desires that come naturally and freely to kids. Mm -hmm. And they should be able to explore these sexual desires freely and openly. 
and they were put in the in the hands of pedophiles because pedophiles obviously have an attraction to children. So their thought process, well, well, they're already naturally inclined to be attracted to children. So what better people to put in the hands, uh, to put these children in the hands of than people who are going to be, um, you know, like they're going to be like, like soft to their, to their plight or whatever. Right. Sure. There was a complete ignorance and, and it almost, it's almost believable how this ignorance can, can come to be because this was like a radical thought. Nothing that has never happened before, right? Like no, nobody had ever experimented on, on pedophiles like this, at least, you know, to this scale. So the, the overarching theory was that if you were to raise these children that were able to explore themselves sexually and freely from a young age, they wouldn't grow up to be Nazis. In fact, it was impossible for them to grow up to be Nazis because they weren't subject to the same childhood that the Nazis were subject to. And the German Senate saw this and they said, yeah, let's do it. And they did it. And, um, and yeah, so, so this guy that the story follows Marco, he was sent to this home and he was fondled all the time, but he didn't, as it's like a tale as old as time when, when you're talking about abused children. He didn't know any better. He knew it was wrong. He said he knew it was wrong, but it was more like, well, everybody goes through shit. So I guess this is the shit that I go through. And he felt almost indebted to this guy who became his dad almost, right? He, he, he felt indebted to him because he gave him shelter and food and, you know, classic abuser grooming relationship. Right. Um, and there were questions raised all of the time, right? Like none of this experiment was like, Hey, we should go and bring these children to pedophiles so they can get sexually abused. It was all Mm -hmm. about like consensual free relationships, sexual, if it's wanted, if not, no big deal, but we need to be like very inclusive and very, um, like comforting to these sexual desires that we know these children are going to grow up with because we all were children at once and we knew what these sexual desires were. And for us, we were suppressed, right? So, um, this guy, Marco is subject to go and talking to counselors and talking to judges and making sure that things are going, uh, according to plan. And this guy is like super, um, conditioned, He's told what to say. Everything he says is rehearsed. Um, he's being lied to about his birth parents. Uh, and this guy that he's living with um, was not allowing them, him and his other foster brothers and sisters, to see their parents very often, telling them a bunch of lies and just pumping them full of false information. Right? This goes on until like 2003 bro they were doing this shit from like 1960 to 2003 and um wow took that long to get shut down what's that it took that long to get shut down huh and it's still there's still shit going on Hmm. like to this day there's still shit going on um and this guy kentler inevitably 
was forced to reckon with what he created, right? Yeah. And you can tell in his later years, right around 1991, um, one of the kids that he fostered and abused killed themselves. And that was like his like moment of awakening, like, oh, maybe this isn't good. And then he read a, um, he read like some article or some book by another psychologist talking about um, relationships with children, human or adults and children. And basically it said a relationship between a child and an adult sexually can never be correct because the child will never have the same level of consent or understanding of the relationship as exactly. the adult. Like yep. common sense, right? Yeah. But it took him reading it in like some peer reviewed article or whatever um, for him to realize that he made a terrible mistake. Um, and I mean, I don't know. He, he never really, he never really admitted to wrongdoing. He never really admitted that this was bad. Um, but for the last 50 years, there have been orphan children purposefully put into the hands of pedophiles in Germany. And it went on until like 15 years ago. Insane. And I, I, can, I can't think of a more fucked up story. And it was state-sanctioned. Right, yeah. It was state-sanctioned. Here we go. Here's the quote that I want to read. Um, it was a Hungarian psychoanalyst and student of Freud. This guy's name is Sandor Ferencenzi. Ferenczi? Ferenczi? I can't pronounce it. But he had a paper called Confusion of the Tongues Between Adults and the Child, the Language of Tenderness and of Passion. The paper describes how sexualized relationships between adults and children are always asymmetrical, exploitative, and destructive. He warns that to give children more love or love of a different kind than they seek will have just as a pathogenic consequence as denying them love. Children's personalities are not sufficiently consolidated in order to be able to protest. They will subordinate themselves like automata. I don't know what that means. They become oblivious of their own needs and identify themselves with the aggressor. And this guy, Marco, that they're talking about, it's the exact same thing, man. He basically was like, look, I didn't know to question this stuff because I wasn't told to question anything. I didn't know how to think critically, not about this, but about anything. I was a blank, blank mind. He said he, he remembered one time sitting at his table eating dinner with this guy that was his foster dad and then a couple other of his brothers. And he go, he, he like remembers stopped eating and he looks at them. He goes, who are you people? Like he didn't, like he didn't even know who he was, who they were. He was just mm. a completely lost soul. But to him, it was normal. And it's just the most fucked thing I could ever think of. Have you ever, in this kind of, uh, in our woke age now, have you ever heard the argument that pedophilia is a sexual orientation and preference? And, like, one could plea um, and, like, have sentences diminish by saying, 
that they they're a pedophile and that that's their sexual preference and then that's that's what they go with they, they've even seen like some dudes some people that are men biologically claim to be transgender women because i guess by the numbers women are sentenced less harsh than men are wow so they you know so but yeah i was reading about this yesterday and i was like that is insane to think of it that way like i I could see that like you are sexually aroused by them or whatever like if that's your sixth thing kink whatever but like shouldn't be able to use that as like a loophole to still do right no i've heard of that i have heard of okay so i've heard of pedophilia as a like sexual i guess i guess preference like a sex like like a I don't know. In this article, actually, um, this guy Kettler, and inevitably, um, he said that pedophilia is a sexual disorder. For me, it's tough, and I think we've kind of touched on this on, on a previous episode. But in order to attack something like pedophilia, which is far more rampant than we I think want to admit, then we need to come to terms that it's no different than any other disorder that we would want to treat, right? Like the worst thing you can do in any rational person's mind is abuse a child who doesn't have the ability to fight or think for themselves, right? Right. You're taking the most vulnerable of our population and you're exploiting them for that vulnerability and you're ruining their life in the process, it is about the worst thing that you could ever do. Um, like to me, I put that way higher than murdering an adult. Even though you're taking that person's life away, that person doesn't have to live with the abuse that they were yeah. subject to as a child. You know, it, it is a truly demonic thing. In order for us to look at this problem with any sort of forward thinking solution, I think that the demonization of a pedophile kind of has to go and i'm definitely not here suggesting that we should start (laughs) being soft on pedophiles no not at all but it's almost like if you were to look at somebody who's addicted to heroin and this person addicted to heroin is criminalized because they're using an illegal drug and it's like okay yes but what we're failing to see is that this person is unwilling to participate in their life. It is more important for them to ruin their life, to escape their reality than it is for them to bear the burden of their life and move forward. That's the real problem. What's the real problem with pedophiles? These people are attracted to child, to children. Mm-hmm. They know that what they do and what they feel is as taboo and as uh, uh, looked down, frowned down upon of a, 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 of a thing as anything, right? Like, I don't know that being attracted to a child is a choice, right? I don't know that it is. Maybe it is, but I don't think so. I think these people are more often than not like hardwired or through experiences of abuse as a child or whatever they went through as a child to be attracted to a child or to be attracted to exploiting the vulnerability of a child. I think we really have to look at to, like, what, what is that? Why is that a thing and eradicate it from the root instead of just demonizing pedophiles for what they are. I, I have no sympathy for somebody who abuses a kid. I certainly don't, but it, it's a real thin line that you kind of have to toe. 
in order to say, hey, I, I disapprove of this, but I also understand that demonizing something like this and just throwing the book at a bunch of pedophiles obviously doesn't solve the issue because people are still getting abused all of the time. So sure. I don't know. I don't have the answer, man. I don't. I wish I did. I, I would dedicate my whole life to, 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 to making it a thing because, okay, I, I had a, do you know what Amnesty International is? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. Though, it's no. like a volunteer, it's like a volunteer policy lobby. So they go around, recruit members for, uh, for this group, and then they fight in a grassroots way to change policy, right? It's all very progressive. Somebody came to my door the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking to me about recruiting me for Amnesty International, right? And she's sitting here talking about BLM protests and things like that. And I said, hey, listen, I, I, my, my time, my energy, my money, I, I don't want it to go to that. I, I, I'm sympathetic to some things. I, there's some things I don't agree with. But on the whole, I don't want to get involved specifically in this stuff. And she goes, okay, well, just out of curiosity, what is it that you would get involved in? I go, if you were on my doorstep right now and you told me that we are fighting today to eradicate the world of people who abuse children, uh, you would need to say no more words and you would sign me up and I would give you the maximum amount of money that I could. And I would join in your grassroots efforts every day because it's like, to me, it's like the only noble fight is protecting the most vulnerable of our society. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I I think it's something that we do need to really look at and find a solution for. Um, and another, another lesson to, to bring out of this story. One of the things that just jumped out to me as I was reading it is that we put our faith in, in the things that our government does under the assumption that they're doing it for our own good. And I don't believe America's over here subsidizing pedophiles, but when I hear things about how, oh, well, it's, the state says it's fine. The government says it's fine. It's authorized by the government. And it's like, this was just another thing to cement my, my pure hatred of, of government, of, yeah. of big federal government, because you get things like this that fall through the cracks. And the fact that it was going on in the 21st century, it just, I, I can't yeah. even fathom it, man. It, yeah. it doesn't even, it doesn't even register in my head. I don't want to believe it. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, I just kind of was looking into what I was saying with, with sentencing and it kind of, kind of what I'm reading here is blowing me away. A study, um, this is a couple years old, but basically it's saying that, um, there's huge gender disparity in sentencing and over a 10 year period across all of the, uh, prisons in America, uh, the Bureau of Justice, Justice Statistics are that 96%, no, I'm sorry, 93% of the prison population is male, but only 6.92%. So that's, uh, from this study, over one and a half million males compared to 113,000 females. Ah, where's my gender equality? <laughs> yeah, right. Where are you but, at? But so people, and they were just literally just talking about it on Rogan yesterday, uh, but saying that like there are people out there like transgender women that are, are trying to use this tactic to like if, if they're teachers and abusing or just in certain situations like to try to get out of on top of claiming that it's a sexual orientation that you're attractive pedophilia, but also now using gender to, you know, shake the law. Interesting. I would yeah. never think to use that as 
a, a strategy in my defense because I would feel like the judge would see right through it. Yeah. You know? The, the one person they were referencing, like, had stubble, like, didn't look like they were transitioning at all. Like they Oh, were just, really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I didn't really hear what the sentencing was. But just to hear, I mean, there's lawyers out there that are like, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. You might not like this. <laughs> How much do you not want to go to prison? Yeah. Ma'am. <laughs> uh, speaking of, ch- of child abuse, <sighs> um, as I'm looking through this story... I come across another story. It's not as bad, but it was uh, kind of along the lines you're talking about. It was a, um, I guess a gal in Canada and this woman, we'll call her, Mm -hmm. was arrested for um, like, was it child abuse or like had something to do with like fucking with children in a way you wouldn't want somebody to fuck with children. And they're calling this person a woman. I think her name was Ruby. And she looked like you, bro. Really? Straight up like you. Your face. A little bit thinner. No offense. You got a fat head. But it was... (laughs) They were calling him a woman. I'm like, wait a second. Hold on just one second. Yeah. This isn't right. This isn't right. We can't be doing this. Why are we doing... Like, why are we calling this person a woman? I don't care what she wants to... Uh, identify herself with that's a man yeah. and that man is fucking with children like like yeah, you can't you, you can't just for feelings decide that you want to throw objective facts out of the window because it's very important that that person is a man it's very important that that person is a man because they're fucking with children and if you start calling yeah. that person a woman then you're just shape-shifting truth. Yeah, especially when it comes to sentencing, apparently. God you know? bless. Yeah. I, you know, I would hope a judge would be would be able to see through that. But then I don't know what it looks like. If you Okay, so like if you have legal protections for being a transgender person, I would imagine that you would have to be placed in a prison system that fit your gender identity. Yeah, how does that work? I never thought about that. Do you go by biologicalness? Who knows, <laughs> like man? Biological Who knows? makeup or yeah. in this day and age, it's it's so damn wacky. I, I would feel like it, like huh. my my suspicion. I don't know this to be true. I'm opining here, but I would I would imagine that you would have to be put into the prison of your identity and not your birth gender. I, I got to imagine that there's legal protection for that. If you can go into a spa and show your dick in a woman's bathroom, I got to imagine you would have to be placed in a prison system that was your gender identity. I don't I'm, know, man. I'm going to look that up and report back because I, I need to do. know because that, it doesn't, it seems like if you're biologically a man, you should go to prison with other men. You'd probably be all right there too with like the shit that goes down at prison. Like you, they, there's probably people in male prisons that, you know, maybe after they go in there, but like come out that way because, you know, some shit goes down. So, but like to send a dude into a women's prison, a biological dude, transgender woman into a women's prison, that could go bad quick. I don't know. I don't I think know. It, I think <laughs> it gets a whole lot worse before it gets better. I, I honestly, I don't even think that we've, we're at the tip of the iceberg, man. I don't, I, I think it just goes a whole lot deeper down this stupid, dumb rabbit hole <laughs> of us, you know, 
taking truth and twisting it, putting it in a, in a meat grinder and whatever comes out at the end is what we sit here on a podcast debating. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's ridiculous to me. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. You know what else is kind of ridiculous to me? What's that? Have you heard what the Texas legislature is doing? Right, uh, what has done? Already approved. Um, which one? They've been in the news quite a bit recently. Quite a bit. They have been. They recently just passed a bill, which was like an amendment to another bill um, that removes the requirement to teach about certain things in our nation's history that uh, may yes. slant against white people or back up this critical race theory. Uh-huh. Yes. Ooh, very, I'm glad that you're bringing this up. Yes. Very hot topic. I know we're kind of close to the end. We got about 10 minutes. So I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because as I'm reading through this, it, it's saying that they're removing, uh, like not, they're not going to not teach about the Ku Klux Klan, but they are going to remove anything that's like hints at or, or leads one to believe that it was more morally wrong what they were doing or what they represent as an institution. Um, it mm. is no longer required to teach the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr. to talk about the women's suffrage uh, movement, to talk about the actions that happened in Chicago. Uh, all, all, so many things that like make up... Uh, to me, like what are very crucial things of our history to learn from, um, you know, not to say like the Ku Klux Klan obviously isn't as, as strong as it is today, but like, I don't think you'd find very many people that aren't in the Ku Klux Klan or white trash from, you know, <laughs> the Bible Belt or wherever else that would tell you that like, they're not what they stand for isn't morally wrong. Um, and, and looking into this, I, I, I kind of wanted to, to back that up because I'm like, I don't, I mean, what the fuck do I know really about the Ku Klux Klan except all the bad shit? So I, I wanted to look into it, and the Ku Klux Klan was founded in 1866 in Tennessee by six former Confederate soldiers. Uh, within a few years, the Klan, uh, small activities turned to huge widespread violence and intimidation that specifically targeted blacks and other people of color. Um, but like this is basically like their mission statement um, from a 1920 pamphlet that they released called Ideals of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, this is a white man's organization in all capitals. That's how they started this thing. Exalting the Caucasian race and teaching the doctrine of white supremacy. This does not mean that we are enemies of the colored and mongrel, mongrel races, hmm. but it does mean that we are organized to establish the solidarity and to realize the mission of the white race. All of Christian civilization depends upon the preservation and upbuilding of the white race. And it is the mission of the Ku Klux Klan to pro proclaim this doctrine until the white race shall come into its own. We stand, in capsule again, for white supremacy. Distinction among the races is not accidental but designed. This is clearly brought out in one book that tells authority of the origin of the races. This distinction is not incidental, but it is the vastest import and indicates the wisdom of the divine mind. It is not temporary, but it is the abiding. It is as abiding as the ages that have not yet ceased to roll. The supremacy of the white race must be maintained or be overwhelmed by the rising tide of color. If what I just read to you doesn't sound morally wrong, I don't know what, like, short of Nazi Germany and, and their outlook is morally wrong. Like, how is that not objectively morally wrong? 
Yeah. Okay. So here's the issue that I, I have with all this going on is that, and this happens all the time. You, you, you take something like this bill and you take the words and you selectively choose them and you decide to report on the, the half truth of what's going on. Here's how I understand what's happening. They made a move to remove critical race theory from education, meaning they don't want it taught at all. And they don't call it up by its name, but it forbids the topics of virtue of the individual race or sex is, is inherently racist, sexist, or impressive. I'm saying you are not inherently, you cannot speak about somebody being inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive by their race or sex from birth, whether consciously or unconsciously, right? So you can't teach unconscious bias. You can't teach, um, you can't teach uh, anti-racism that if you're not anti-racist, you're racist and you're upholding, you know, you, this is not something that is going to be allowed to be taught in schools. They're not allowing the, the a required understanding of the 1619 project, which we could do an entire episode on. Um, I think we should. Here's what they're doing. They're saying there cannot be any teachings that have their roots in racist, racism. You can't explicitly teach on racism colorblind racism can't do it what it doesn't do and it actually upholds is the curriculum of texas schools which before this bill and after this bill include teaching how jim crow laws and the ku klux klan created obstacles to civil rights for minorities such as the suppression of voting it's in the curriculum it's these are the writings so i have zero problem with this like literally zero. Nobody is taking away. Nobody is taking away the fact that the Ku Klux Klan was morally wrong. Those are specific words that were taken out of the bill. The bill does not say that we are refusing to teach that the Ku Klux Klan was morally wrong. It took those specific words out saying that it is not law to teach that these are morally wrong, but in the curriculum of Texas schools, it is still very present. And if you ask, if you read anybody who is a part of this bill, they say, our goal here is to not whitewash the history. We want to teach about the complex history and of, of uh, American civil rights, the 13th, the 14th, the 19th amendments, uh, the complexity of the history between Texas and Mexico and how there's such a diverse uh, Mexican population in Texas. Um, all of this stuff is upheld. It's the very specific language that these stupid politicians are taking out of this bill and they're literally lying to all of us. It's it's, it's painting the people who are introducing this bill and passing this bill as racist. If you look at anybody who's opposed to it and they're putting up uh, uh, tweets on Twitter and they all have pictures of men in white hoods, this is not the rebirth of the Ku Klux Klan. And it's certainly not something that is going to uh, open the door for 
racism. Matter of fact, it's closing the door on racism. It's saying we didn't we didn't want to teach um, that racism was good when it was against black people and Mexicans, and we certainly don't want to teach that it's good against white people. And so we are going to nip this in the bud right here. And also, here's the curriculum that teaches about all the unsavory aspects of our history. So I, I have a problem with the, the fact that this is being painted as some terrible bill that's going to remove all the necessary teachings of our, of our uh, spotted history. I, I think that's all just complete bullshit. It's going to put a slant to them, though, and that, that's what teachers in Texas are pushing back, saying that um, this is basically... Like the ideas of this are the opposite of what the 1619 project is. It, it's like you're saying, it's crazy to 180 degrees the other way. And it, this is even backed by Trump and, and his supporters called the 1776 Commission. It is a direct anti-1619 project that the New York Times is doing. And what they're trying to do is basically uh, present all of this into like patriotic education. So instead of like really giving us like like the history of it and like like things like the Ku Klux Klan, which are wrong though, like that is wrong. What they stand for is wrong at its core. You can say this about some of these other things and like slant that or whatnot, but like if we're not calling out that white supremacy is wrong, I think we're doing an injustice to our kids and we're only doing a favor for white supremacy at at the end of the day. I don't think we're doing a service and. One of the first things when you when you look at, at our the history of the world that Hitler did, that Mussolini did, was go through and rewrite the history in a way or put a slant to it and, and make it so that it's this patriotic education, this patriotic things that these kids learn and like it, it'll slant their view of, of what it really is and like prevent people from learning from our missteps and yeah in our i agree history. with you to an extent but what they did is they took truth and they made it their own this is not what's happening that's what's happening when you're when you're talking about the 1619 project it literally <laughs> said when it when it was introduced that it was its main goal was to rewrite american history so that it begins when the first slaves were brought to america on slave ships in 1619 that's exactly mm -hmm. what it said it's an explicit intent it won a Pulitzer Prize and then was destroyed by scholars of every race, creed, and political association. It is full of the most fantastical, stupid things that I've ever seen in my life. That's why I don't have a problem with this. And it's not saying to, to not teach that white supremacy is bad. It is not. It is taking very specific language out of the law in order to make sure to, in order so that racism on the whole, any color is not to be taught that they are inherently bad at all. I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I see no issue with that. But the root of the opposite side of that, the 1776 commission is to like envision us history in a positive light. And there's a ton of bad shit in our history. Yes. There's, great things that right. make and up it's America. Still, it's still in the curriculum. That's why I say I don't understand the issue here. It's still there. None of that was taken out. It's still to be taught as it has been taught. It's there, but a teacher can't can't at all bring in their own influence. If a black person who's teaching about the Ku Klux Klan feels a certain way about it, they can be fired. They can lose their job for presenting it and not a here's the information, here's what happened, da 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 da. You, you can't bring in anything to do with, with any moral objection or any feeling that you might have against this group of people who sought out and hung and tar and feathered your people for years. 
you, you know, like that there's, there is something like where you got to draw some hard lines and like call out the shit for what the shit is and not just try to be like, America is great. Cause it's America and we're free and da da like fucking fuck that dude. There's a lot yeah, of shit that's bad about us. I, I, I think you're misguided here. And I think you're understanding this completely wrong because that's not what they're trying to do. That's not what this bill is aimed to do at all. It is it, th- that part of our history has and will be continued to be taught as it has been taught, mm-hmm. right? You can't whitewash the, the bad parts of our history. And those things are continuing to be in the curriculum. What this is saying is and the words that they're using and the way that they're, they're, they're trying to frame this is that, um, the requirement to read, uh, Dr. King's speech, um, or to teach the KKK as morally wrong. What they're saying is that to teach that anybody is inherently bad because of their race, right? White, black, or, or, or indifferent cannot be taught. You, you cannot sit here and tell children that they are inherently bad because of the race that they are associated with. But that's, that's not saying, saying white people are wrong. That's saying the KKK is morally wrong. That's like, yes, the KKK was pretty much all white people, but that's not saying what you just said. What, what, what they're saying in this bill is that you can't teach the KKK is morally wrong. And it no, is. No, 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 no. It's taking that specific language out of the bill. What you're, what you're, okay. So there's two things here. There mm-hmm. is this bill, which is, and they make no, uh, two ways about it. It is there in order to combat critical race theory. That is what it's there to do. Yes. Okay. And then there is the curriculum of Texas public schools, Mm -hmm. which has not been changed. And more so, it is in this bill that they are to teach the curriculum that has not been changed. What they're trying, and so that's why I'm saying you can take things out of this and then you can present them this way. And you could say, oh, well, you open the door for white supremacists because you could teach that it's not morally wrong. It's like, okay, maybe it's not against the law to teach that the KKK weren't morally wrong. Okay? It's not saying that you have to teach that they weren't morally wrong. You have to teach by the curriculum. And in order to create this avenue in, in that you cannot choose to take somebody's race and teach that this race, whatever it is, is inherently bad or this sex is inherent, inherently worse than the other. You had to remove language from this bill. And that's what they did. They removed language from a bill, like you said, that had already been passed. It's not mandating that you have to teach this, that this stuff isn't morally wrong. Does it, does it hypothetically open an avenue where you could teach that the Ku Klux Klan, because they're made up of white supremacists, isn't inherently wrong? Maybe it does. But it's, what, what it all is it saying is, is that it is now against the law to teach this, and you have to teach this curriculum. Here's the curriculum, wide open for everyone to see, and it doesn't remove any of these things. It doesn't say you can't read the MLK, uh, Dr. King's speech, or you can't talk about Caesar. It doesn't, it's not saying any of that. And it's all very misguided. It's, it's, uh, it's a very clever and very well done. uh, uh, It's, it's an art. It's propaganda. Okay. 
And it's, it's very clever because now it gets us talking about how uh, the Ku Klux Klan is back in the news because uh, of one thing or another. Um, but I think if you look just a little bit more closely in this, you'll see very clearly that it's all misled and nobody is bringing morality into the KKK. It's not it at all. And I, I, to me, I think it's sophomoric and a little bit... Uh, these things are always more of a detriment to me than they, than they, than they're not because nobody who is screaming at the rooftops about this really knows what the bill says. They just take little snippets of what other people are saying and they're running. I'm not, I'm not looking at you or or talking to anything. You've read, you've, you've read your research and you've done your thing, but no, but what I'm drawing from is like 15 different articles that all reference the same thing, showing that teachers can get fired for giving any kind of their own slant onto these things or, or not teaching the exact curriculum. Like I'm I'm pulling from a lot of different sources. So I feel like I can't be that, I can't be that wrong. I'm not pulling from like CNN. I'm trying to pull from like some partial sources that like, kind of stay in the middle on a lot of things so to me i feel i feel like i cnn does not stay in the middle that's what i'm saying i'm not pulling from places like that i'm I'm pulling from different places like uh, abc nbc i'm pulling from new york or a couple different places where it's like so not like one way or the other not super in the middle but like not totally misguided and most all of them are saying that like the headline of this article texas senate passes bill that removes requirement to teach ku klux Ku Klux Klan as morally wrong. That is the headline of this article. And saying that the change was included in some two dozen <sighs> curriculum requirements that were yeah. dropped from the Senate Bill 3. So I, I'm yes, just saying... But, I, but I'm saying that <laughs> those people are drawing hypothetical conclusions from the words that were removed from this bill. And it's, it's completely disingenuous. On every front, it's completely disingenuous. Because it's... This bill is not aimed towards the KKK, nor is it aimed towards any other hateful group at all. Like, it's, this is not the point of the bill. The point of the bill is so that you cannot teach on the basis of inherent racism. That is what the, 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 the point of the bill is. And if you're, t- and this is your uh, reduction from it, then you are wrong. So, at what point is the Nazi party not morally wrong? Like, at what point do we, does that happen? Like, we're, we got to draw hard lines when there's evil, bad things in our history. And it sounds like we're going to teach about what, what white supremacy is, what the Ku Klux Klan was, yada, yada, yada. But you can't step in and say that was morally wrong. Eh, I mean, like, OK, so somebody said it, uh, it was like last week, some guy stood up um, on a school board meeting. He was, he was a father of some children. And he said it perfectly. You're not here to teach my kids morality and you're not here to teach my kids about social issues. You're here to teach them reading, writing and arithmetic. All that other stuff is my job. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can, I can see that, that argument. The point of this bill is you, you can't listen. It's no secret that if you're coming out of college and you're educated in almost any institution in this country and you're going to teach kids, you have a heavy liberal slant, if not a leftist slant. That's, not hyperbole to say this bill is attacking that very thing and i'm on board with it because i don't want teachers teaching morality in any way whatsoever the fact that we're even having this conversation sucks do you know what the literacy rate is in texas no it's not 100 percent. no and that is ridiculous we're having a conversation about whether we should teach morality of the ku klux klan okay question for you while we're while we're there so this is going into 
this is for public schools. What about private Christian religion, religious schools who literally teach morality? Can they do this? Like, is it, is it wrong for them to do that? Oh, they can teach, they can teach literally whatever they want, man. But, but I'm saying in your opinion, would it be wrong for them to teach that the Ku Klux Klan is morally wrong? I had to watch a video of an abortion because mm-hmm. I went to a Catholic high school, mm-hmm. right? That was their slant. Should they be able to? Um, I don't know that it's a matter of they should they or should they not. They are legally protected to teach whatever they want. Now, if you're if you're you know raising, uh, you know if you're like militarizing children and things like that, which you could make the the argument that you are, but I don't know. Uh, should, should they teach it? I don't know, man. I don't know, because in when I was going through Catholic school, more often than not, I wasn't reading like Catholic history books. I was just reading t- history textbooks, and they taught about all this stuff. Um, and it, the morality comes into when we're you know going to religious classes or we're going to mass every week or you know whatever. I I, I think the the bigger the bigger thing here is that you shouldn't send your kids to public school in any faction because <laughs> they are so terrible. And these are the things that we're sitting here arguing about. I think we're way too focused on teaching our children the things that we want them to learn instead of teaching them how to learn. We're teaching them what to think instead of how to think. And that, that's why I don't have a problem with any of this because it removes any or at least the intent is to remove any bias and to teach history as is mm-hmm. and not have a slant on it. And if that means that you don't have a requirement to teach that it's immoral to be in the KKK, that's fine. Because if you're teaching the right way, you shouldn't even have to teach that. You shouldn't have to. I mean, you look at history. Look at what these people did. Look at the facts of what the KKK is. You want me to stand up here and tell you that it's morally okay? I shouldn't even have to make that point. But if you're not allowed to like call evil, evil, I, okay, that's, you know? I don't think that that's true at all because you're, listen, they're, if you're going to get fired, if, if they do, I that's what, that's not, what would happen. That is not true. It's in that is almost not every article I've read saying that if they put any moral slant to when they teach what is in the lesson schedule, they can lose their job or worse. I, I, that, I keep reading it over and over again. Yeah, I'd like to see the language there because because if you're teaching, listen, if you're you, you, you can't teach this stuff and not say, hey, it's evil. But that that's morality. Like that's the same thing. That that's what I don't understand. That's why it shocks me so much because it's like that is objectively subjective. Whatever the fuck the word is, that is evil. And if you can't look at the Nazi Party and say those are evil, wrong things to do, what what the fuck are we doing? Like you're doing, you are putting a slant. To white supremacy, like you are, like I, I don't see how no, you're not. I don't think so, because if you can teach, if you can teach, <laughs> if you can teach the concept of white supremacy, or if you can teach what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. fought for, or what Caesar Chavez fought for, right? Like you can't mm. teach that without their biases, right, or without their uh, slant or without whatever it was that they they were passionate about what they were fighting for was obviously comes out in their words. So to me, it's like, okay, if you're teaching it, then you have like, you have no need to sit there and be like, this is the worst thing that we've ever done. This, that, and the other, um, you're teaching history. That's what you're teaching. And it should come out in history. What is evil and what is not. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to legislate your, 
I think they're trying to legislate the current atmosphere, which states that you can be racist at all times um, unless you're racist against white people, and then it's okay. I think that's all they're trying to do here. And if it requires that you take a certain language that says legally you have to teach that the KKK is immoral, that's fine with me because nobody's teaching that the KKK was moral. Nobody's doing that. And if you teach the history yeah, of it I don't, and you teach it without any bias or slant, there's no need to because it comes out in the history, in the facts right there. If you're teaching, if you're teaching children how to read and write and think critically, you have no need to enforce morality because it comes out in the truth. <laughs> but if, if that's what's going on and then those, those same people are going home to people that are white supremacists or they're not, like, they're just, they're not absorbing it that way. They're not hearing from other sources that guide them and teach them in every other category in their life that things that are for sure wrong are wrong. And they'll, they'll just go home and, and perpetuate this ongoing, like behind the curtains, in front of the curtains thing that we still deal with today of white supremacy. And I feel like by doing this, you're doing more of a service for them than you are. No, I disagree hundred percent. I disagree hundred <laughs> percent. And, and it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a cultural move. It's not something that's going to change the landscape of in, in one day. Right. It's, it's a, it's a push no, yeah. towards the freedom of education for our children so that they are able to te- to be taught without any stupid bias on, on anything because these people in this Texas legislator recognize that it is a very left institution and that they are teaching and they're coming with very biased and, you know, frankly, uh, misguided uh, messages and, and thoughts and ideas. And I'm okay with that because it's true. I can't think of one institution in America, maybe outside of AM radio, that is not um, monopolized by the left. And teaching is monopolized by the left. I mean, in the biggest way possible. And I'm not, I have almost zero issue with fighting back against it and doing things that are going to come across as controversial, such as not requiring uh, in, in this law that you have to teach that the KKK is immoral. That is an interpretation of the bill based off of what is required and not required on the bill. So because this bill passed, you can teach that. You have the ability to say or not say, right? Because wouldn't that, if it's the same thing, wouldn't the other direction of that still be a fireable offense if that's, if that's truly what it is? That you're teaching that it was moral, that you have a slant on it, that it was moral? Like, isn't that the same thing? Correct, yes. But I- all right. Well, there you go. That's that's why zero problem with it, and it, it pisses me off. To but what I'm saying, people aren't going to teach it that way. A majority of teachers aren't going to teach it that way. No, I think there's not. a they're lot of go teachers. They're going to put their own slant on it. Now, otherwise, they're going to push back on this 100. percent Because, like I said, it's it's 100 percent monopolized by the left. They're, okay, they're they're trying to legislate culture. It's a very tough thing to do, and it's only as good as it's enforceable. So we'll see what they do with enforcement. Mm-hmm. I, I, but but to me almost zero issue with it whatsoever. You know, we were never taught that the KKK was good. As a matter of fact, we were taught about all this stuff being terribly bad and that shit hasn't changed. Culture hasn't changed so that we're, that we're embracing white supremacy. We're told that we're embracing white supremacy. 
it's almost like a really, really fucked up trick that's being pulled on us in order to continue to whip us up and in uh, in fear and in um and in this this state where we're afraid of the worst thing that we could think possibly think possible which is white supremacy because that is the worst part of our history and so we, we just continually go back to that thing just go back to it they're going back they're going to bring back white supremacy they're not teaching the kkk is that they're fucking racist it's like wait a second take a fucking breath do you really think that's just what they're doing and if you do then tell me i don't no i don't think that's what they're doing i think that they're not allowing teachers to put any kind of their own slant onto how I they i think teach. they recognize what the slant is and they're trying to combat it I think they recognize where the slant is 100% and they're trying to combat well, it. Well, then you need to get more conservatives into teaching then. And uh, like that's 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 the problem there then. Like it's not like those people should still be able to bring their opinion into a mm. classroom, especially if they're a person of color whose family was tarred and feathered and killed by these people and enslaved by these people. I, I just don't like you're going to get to a point where it's like this is the t- history you have to teach of America. I, I don't think so. That, that's no, what I it's don't think be. so because they're not fighting for that. They're fighting. They're fighting for the, the freedom to, t- to for these people to, to learn how to think. Listen, when the, the when you were talking about truth, truth invites debate. And there's one thing mm-hmm. that I know about people on the left. They fucking hate debate because they don't have the truth on their side. You can go into anywhere and you can debate about white supremacy you can debate about uh kkk wherever that freedom is allowed and if you are on the side of white supremacy you will always lose because you don't have the truth on your side if you are allowed to speak the truth so if that's the case and if that if that is truth why can't that truth be taught it is being taught it's not not being taught it is still in the curriculum it's not away going away from the curriculum what is being presented to the American people about this bill, the same way that we're presented about the voting bills in Georgia being Jim Crow 2.0, is that they are racist mm. as fuck. And it's not true. They're cherry picking different words. They're saying, hypothetically, because now this bill is passed, you don't have to teach this, this, and this. Okay, where does it say you don't have to teach that? Well, they took out that you uh, have to say that uh, it's morally bad to be in the KKK. Okay, well, show me in the curriculum where they're teaching it or it's good to be in the KKK. No, no, I'm not saying that's what they're saying as a result of this. I just think that, like, if there are things that we know to be true, why can't that and be it taught? Is. The Nazi party it was is. bad. Adolf Hitler was a bad person. Yeah. But you can't say that? I- I, look, I don't. I don't know what you can and cannot say. I, that doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know, and I'd like to see the, the language sense. where it says that you could be fired for saying that, calling evil evil, calling the truth the truth, right? Like I don't. I don't think that that's what's going on here. Start reading some articles on it, brother. It's it's in a bunch of them. So that, that's what that's what frustrates me is it's like if you can't put you can't bring your own personal spin to your classroom, you, you're basic like what the what, fucking hop on a computer and just take your lesson plans from a computer at that point. Like if 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 it's got to be so. This is the way you teach. I, I just think it's, to me, it's just wild. And if we're not going to call evil, evil, I, I don't, I, I don't, like, you don't need to teach full morality to people, even though people send their kids to Catholic school to do so. But I think when, when you got something that is as evil as the Ku Klux Klan in Nazi Germany, you should be able to call it evil and the world keeps spinning. That's a good, that's a lesson. That is something you should be taught, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, and I believe it still is. And I believe it's still going to keep chugging along the way it was. And we're going to continue to be taught the same things that we were taught. Curriculum hasn't changed. And, uh, you know, 
I, I think they're in good hands. I like seeing this pushback. I really do. Because you said, you know, yeah. get more conservatives in education. Well, th- I mean, that is another one, write it down, something we should do an entire episode on, the subversion of American culture. And it starts in education. And you say, get more conservatives in education. Well, you know where that exists? Private schools, because they're not allowed in public schools. So, yeah. anyway. Um, shit, we are way, way over time. Um, way over, man. Yeah. Shout out real quick to our sponsors, Gun Bureau Coffee. Um, I'll make this brief, but uh, they are proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responders. Many different roasts, Battleship Blend, the Mother of All Beans, the CBD-infused Medic. They even have a hot sauce called the Big Guns. 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get whole bean ground or self-serve pods, single-serve pods. Right now, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% of checkout when you buy their products at GunBarrelCoffee.com. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Amen. Uh, talk to us, please, about any of this stuff. We would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, on Twitter, at FriendshipNH. On Instagram, at FriendshipNewsHour. On Twitter, on TikTok, at FriendshipNewsHour. And you can email us, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com. See you next week. <laughs>